Hey everyone, welcome to Handing the Shame Back, a channel dedicated to survivors of child sexual abuse across the world. My name's Gloria Masters, I'm your host, and every week I bring you an amazing survivor. Um, this week, you've already seen part one of Gigi Kilrow's interview. This starts our part two, and just to recap, she was abused at four years old by her half-brother who was 17 years older, I beg your pardon, 13 years older than her, while her mother was dying of cancer. Uh, that went on for a year until she was removed from the home by her hero dad. As with all shows, there's a trigger warning. Please, if you do feel triggered, stop watching. Go to the show notes below and you'll be directed to some resource and support. We have Gigi Kilroy back. Part two. Hey, Gigi. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for coming back, everybody. <laughs> if you're listening, thank you for being with us. Appreciate you coming back. Hey, well, look, we were... We were at the place where we were looking at the impacts on you of all of this, Gigi. If you think about the impacts of what you experienced, um, yeah, I guess what, what kind of stands stands out for you? What did you go through? I think, um, like I said, Gloria, for me, the fact that those repressed memories didn't come up until I was 54 the impact that it had on my life for years is is where I struggled. And I was very blessed. I, I I finally, you know, I found a therapist. I call her my angel. You know, I call her my angel on earth. And we would work so hard and so hard. But it's almost like I kept thinking, why am I not where I should be? And here I didn't, because I didn't know that all of this was buried underneath everything else. And just to tell you quickly, on top of, of that, you know, I was in a, a abusive relationship in high school, physically and emotionally. Um, and I was raped as a college sophomore and had to have stitches. And I was raped again in my workplace. So those are the things that I focused on in therapy, along with losing my mom. And here it was the, which I call the cancerous tumor at the core of my soul. That was what started everything. But I couldn't get to it because I didn't know it was there. So I would be, I would beat myself up and think, why why I have this career that I love. I loved my special ed students. I loved my teachers. I bought a house. I traveled. I had all of these things, but there was still that self-hatred in me that I could never put my finger on. That, And I think many survivors listening, you probably can relate. It's that feeling of you're just not good enough. Like I felt damaged. I felt broken. And I didn't know why. And I kept eating over it. And, you know, I went on to gain 150 pounds at one point. That's like carrying another person with you. I developed diabetes and, and all these things, but I'm I'm happy to, to tell everyone that I have lost 125. Yay, which is exciting. Congratulations, and, so, and that would have been a challenge. I'm really it interested, was. actually. You, you had said earlier as well, you never felt enough. Can you? No. You ne were no. never enough. Can you talk us through that a bit? That's quite sure. an impact. Yeah. You know, it was that, you know, I would look at friends who would have the self-confidence and I thought to myself, you know, I had successful pockets in my life. You know, I got my degree. I got my master's degree. I got my special ed supervisory. I had this amazing job where I supervised 30 teachers. 
I was only the second woman. They were all men. You know, I had great relationships with my teachers. You know, I bought a home. I had great friends. I had I had all of these things that I that I yes, I was proud of. But there was still that underlying feeling of shame. That I was a bad person. There was something wrong with me. And like I said, Gloria, for me, I was a huge people pleaser. I wanted everyone to like me. You know, I, I avoided confrontation. I, you know, and I, but I would eat over it. So like I said, you know, I understand addiction because I have one. I mean, to this day, you know, there are certain foods that I just, it's better if I stay away from them, you know, and in my situation, there was alcoholism on both sides of my family. I never chose alcohol, but I chose food. But when you think about it, what does alcohol break down into? Sugar. It's a sugar addiction, you know. So I feel much better doing that. And so I think there was there was a day, and I and I want the audience to understand this. For whatever reason, there was a day that came when everything changed. I was standing in my kitchen sink, I was looking out the window, and I could feel myself starting to spiral down. And I was thinking about my brother when all of this came to light. And Gloria, I slammed my hands on my kitchen counter and I yelled out loud, you son of a bitch. What you did to me unconsciously affected me for 50 years. And I'm not going to give you one more day. And that was the day for me when I decided that I had to fight to get on the other side. Because you know what? I deserved to be happy. I punished myself for 50 years. For what he did to me. And I thought, you know what? It's it's time. I have to take my power back. And, you know, when I speak, the, the most important thing I share with survivors is this. No one has the right to extinguish the light that shines within you. I know what that feels like. My light was almost out. I attempted suicide once. I thought about it for the second time. But I'll tell you what. I didn't deserve to lose my life over what was done to me. I had a right to be happy. I had a right to find healing. And and if, if anything, that journey that I've taken to realize that I deserve to be happy is th the best thing I have ever done for myself. I am, I am a different person. I am happy. I'm content. I have that amazing feeling inside that I always searched for, but I, I did things like buying makeup and buying earrings and changing my hair color. Gloria, I've been every hair color you can imagine. I am naturally brunette, but I've tried everything else because I thought that was what would make me happy. Um, and and so I went on to write a book and it's it's called From Within. And the reason I called it From Within is because that's where we get our power. That's where everything, it comes from within. Peace. And I know, Gloria, for myself, looking for resources when I was into my therapy, I would find these wonderful books, but they were too big and they were too thick. And as a survivor, it's like, I, I can't, like, I don't know about anybody else, but I had a short attention span and I just, I couldn't do it. So I thought, you know what? I wanted the opportunity to just have something simple for survivors. And my book is only 85 pages long. It has a lot of powerful quotes, loving quotes. And it's been an it's been it's been an amazing opportunity for me to be able to take from where I started as that four year old and to where I am now. And what I'll share with you now is after I, re I retired from special education, I became a speaker and I speak at colleges, universities. I actually go into prisons here 
at, on the East Coast of Pennsylvania, in the United States. Um, they have what are called impact of crime classes. And these are inmates that are truly working to better themselves. And I go in and share my story. And the class is just that, impact of crime. You know, now in my situation, I never reported any of the abuse, the sexual assaults, or my brother. I just, I did, I just couldn't, you know, I wasn't able to. And so people say, well, why didn't you report? Again, trying to blame the victim. Well, four-year-old, it's my word against his. You know, the rape in college has been too, the statute of limitations have run out. But instead, I've decided to take my experiences and let others know that no matter what you have been through, you deserve to heal and take your power back. Well, and I want to stop stop you there. Um, You know, there's there's lots of threads here, and I think it's really important for our audience. You know, I'm thinking about what, what, Gigi, what you said about no one has the right to extinguish your light, and for Mm -hmm. survivors watching, we know that that, that did happen and we know that we felt that at times and I guess the point is it can be quite a step change from I don't feel enough I don't feel good enough I don't feel I think Gigi had mentioned pretty enough or smart enough everything Mm -hmm. thin enough yeah anything enough anything enough anything Mm -hmm. enough and when you think about that as survivors that's exactly how we felt because we couldn't trust our instinct because our instinct didn't stop the yes. abuse. That's right. And that's oh, yes. So when you talk oh. about deserving to be happy, what I'd what I'd like to ask you, please, is first up, um, what where can people access your book? Oh, sure. Um, it's called From Within My yeah. Path of healing from sexual abuse it is available on amazon okay. in both print and kindle it is only 85 pages um and it sells for i think 9.99 something like that it's not okay. a very big okay I'll, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes below thank you and then the second okay. question is um what has helped you in your recovery and healing the most important thing for me was finding my therapist. And I'm very fortunate. I knew Gloria from the beginning that I wanted a woman. I, I knew that. And I'm very blessed because she's the first woman I reached out to. And I've heard people say to me, oh, therapy didn't work for me. And my answer to that is, you know what? I think maybe you haven't found the right one. Because I think people need to realize a therapist is not going to give you your answers they're not going to heal you they're going to help you find your own power and a good one is worth their weight in gold and you know what the best thing is i trusted her immediately and i know i mentioned before as survivors you know i i have a hard time with trust but i instantly trusted her and you know what she believed in me and i don't know if i ever had a woman believe in me and it's that you know the journey she took with me was one of the greatest gifts of my lifetime. She that, helped me find my power and my voice. She and that's such a be- that's a beautiful thing you said, you know, because she saw something in you. And I she think did. for survivors uh, listening and, and watching this, that's all it takes, one person to see something in us. 
You know, it's interesting, Lori, because one time she said to me, you know what, Gigi, I think I might be the closest thing to a mother that you've ever had. Yeah. That really touched me. And I thought, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so she helped me find find my voice. And I just can't stress that when you are able to take all of that self-hatred and blame and all of that and filter that out. And, you know, I, one of the things I have in my book is self-care is how you take your power back. You know, self-care is not just bubble baths and, you know, a mask on your face. Self-care is appreciating who you are as a human being and who you are as a woman. So that know, really worked. Yeah. And that worked for you. What did you, you know, like, for instance, you had a massive eating addiction. And when I say yeah. massive, I mean you then went on and lost 125 pounds. That's massive. How did you how did you become successful with that? Because I'm imagining for some of our survivors, that could be a really big challenge trying to overcome an addiction. So what what were some of the ways you were able to heal from that and, and make that happen? Well, the the first thing I'll share is, you know, as with any addiction, it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And I ended up in the hospital one day thinking I was having a heart attack. Yeah. And I remember my doctor looked at me and she said, Gigi, if you don't do something, you're going to be dead in five years. And I don't know if you can see Gloria, but this is, this yeah. was me over 300 pounds, way over 300 pounds. And I think, um, because like I said, that was my way of coping. Um, and, and being a diabetic, um, I had to learn how to eat like a normal person, I had to learn to feed my body to, to nurture it and to feed it for fuel, not to bury my feelings. That expression that says I had to learn, what is it? I had to learn how to eat to live, not live to eat. And and that's what I did. And so it was, a that so, was very difficult. Yeah. It's hard. So, I, I've, been, yeah. I've lost and failed many times with it. Oh, of yeah. course, as we do. There's no, there's no judgment here. We can all relate. But <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm. What I'm trying to clarify is, did you reach a particular pivotal point? So, for instance, you you were told, if you don't change what you're doing, you could be dead in five years. Was that your point? Like for us as survivors, sometimes we reach that real. It's that way or that way. Yeah. You know what's so interesting is that was the first that was the first time it, it hit me. And I worked and worked and worked and lost almost a hundred pounds. And then the abuse with my brother came up. And then my father passed away. And let me tell you, talk about relapse. You know, I, I know I was one that didn't want to hear, oh, I'm not going to relapse. I'm going to get this right. Oh <laughs> uh, no. I had a huge relapse. I gained a ton of weight back because, again, I went back to my habits because as hard as I worked on my other things, Gloria, I, you know, the, the revelation of the, the repressed memories threw me for a loop completely, completely threw me that I spiraled down low, very, 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 very low. So yeah. I had to start all over again, all over again. But this time, working through the knowledge and the anger, you know, I can remember in therapy, I was so angry at him that what he did 
affected me that I and I didn't even know it. I, I had to work through my anger. I mean, and let me tell you, you know, I had to look at the dark side of myself that I didn't want to look at. But I was angry. I wanted to hurt him. I wanted I wanted to do things to make him pay. But you know what? I want to jump to this, and this is this is a sign that I know I'm in a good place because you know what? When I think of my half brother, my high school boyfriend, the guy that raped me in college, and the guy that raped me in my workplace, people have said to me, "Do you forgive them?" And this is my response: I can't say the words "I forgive them" because I don't forgive their behavior. Okay. Now we know that expression that says "hurt people hurt people." Now, did they have their own ghosts in their own life? Maybe, but that didn't give them the right to hurt me. No. And so here's the thing. The beautiful thing is, Gloria, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. I feel indifferent towards those four men. I don't care if they win the Nobel Peace Prize or if they drop dead. I don't care. And to me, that's my freedom. So if people say, if other people say, I've forgiven and I feel free, it's wonderful. My feeling free is the indifference that I feel because I really, they don't, they don't mean anything to me. They mean no, nothing to me. Nothing and I think, me. and I, I, and that's actually very interesting. And I think it's quite powerful. Gigi and audience, you do you. If you forgive, right. that's great. If you don't forgive, that's great. It's no yes. one's business but yours. If it helps you to forgive, please do it. If it doesn't, don't. It's. It, I think one of the things I find for survivors, and I'd love to know your thoughts just as we're heading into closing, Gigi. Um, to me, one of the things that as survivors we have had stripped from us is our auto autonomy or choice. Yes, yes. Yes. And so I that's what I, I always come back to that. With survivors, well, for me, and I know some of our audience will agree, always give us the choice. Don't tell us what to do. Ask us Absolutely. what we would like to do. And that's yeah. why you'll notice in our beginning, you and I are fair, and we talked about, hey, if this feels okay, let's publish. If not, that's fine too. Because... Yeah. Yeah. You must have that choice. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And I think, too, and one thing I didn't talk about was when you have your boundaries obliterated as a child. Yeah. I, I know for myself, my I honor my boundaries so much right now. I mean, I, I'm very sensitive to boundaries with anyone in my life. It could be family. It could be friends. I'm very sensitive to that. Maybe oversensitive to some people. But you know what? Like I said, when you've had your boundaries obliterated, you you have to learn what your boundaries are, that you deserve boundaries. And I, I honor my boundaries, you know. I honor that's my boundaries. Beautiful. I think that's powerful for survivors to remember. You have a right, you know, your opinions and your feelings matter. And I think, Gloria, my journey, you know, like I said, those four men mean nothing to me. It, you know, is that is that forgiveness? I don't know. They mean nothing to me. <laughs> Please. But, but, <laughs> Isn't it great? So whatever. But you know what? Being as a survivor, when you find your voice, I, I don't think there's a more powerful feeling in the world. I think the first time I've had so many I've met because I've spoken all across where I live. I, I've spoken in person to probably 1200 people by now that have ranged in age from 13 to 73. And when someone comes up to me and can say to me, 
I'm a survivor and I've, I've never told anyone. You're the first one I'm telling. That is such a gift to me because that to me says that person is all ready to begin their own journey. But the fan, I think is safe. the fan is safe. I am a safe person for them. And you know, when you've probably heard the expression that says, be the person you needed when you were younger. And I needed a Gigi. You know, I needed a Gigi. I needed a woman to say to me, honey, you are beautiful and strong just the way you are. And what happened to you was not your fault. And I I can say that now to survivors. And, you know, the, of the different groups I speak to, I love, you know, the adolescent females, 13 to 18. That that they just tug at my they tug at my heart. And I tell them, I said, you know, I was never able to have children. And the night in the hospital in college when I had to have stitches for the vaginal tear, the nurse said to me, someday you'll have something to tell your daughter. Well, I wasn't able to have children, but I tell these young women, you know what? You're my daughters. And if your mother didn't say to you, it was not your fault, I'm telling you, it was not your fault. Gigi, that's beautiful. And I think that that, it's so powerful. Uh, you know, one of the things that you've you've kind of you've you've led us nicely to this actually is it comes back to it was never it, our fault. Never. It was never. So look, we we've got about sixty seconds. Is there anything you haven't said, Gigi, that you wish to share with us? I, the only thing I want to share is I don't know if any if many of you have seen the old movie, The Wizard of Oz. You know, it was made back in the 30s. Um, and at the very end of the movie, Glinda, the good witch of the West, says to Dorothy, or the good witch of the East says to Dorothy, you've always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. And a good friend of mine gave me this Alex and Ani bracelet. On the back of it, it says, you've always had the power, my dear. And that's my message to survivors, is you have the power. Remember that it comes from within. And you deserve to be happy and healthy. And remember that no one has that right to extinguish the light that shines within you. That's beautiful. Um, Gigi, I'd love it if you could please stay right there. Don't move. <laughs> um, audience, you know, we've we've just had part two with Gigi and what a gift and just a font of wisdom that she is. And you can see she's had to overcome some pretty tough challenges in her life and yet she's managed to turn it all around and, and give back to help others. Isn't that just beautiful? Uh, so I know you'll join me in appreciating her. She um, said many valuable things but I think the, the one at the tail end of this was you deserve to be happy and I think as survivors sometimes that can be a forgotten thing. So I'm just here to remind you, you deserve to be happy. So the challenge is go and have some fun, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Please just stay there though. Um, so, so audience, as always, such an honor to bring this to you. I always feel so humbled and you're so special. I see you. I stand beside you and I believe you.